You're listening to Casual Talk Radio, where common sense is still the norm. Whether you're a new or a longtime listener, we appreciate you joining us today. Visit us at casualtalkradio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. A very happy new year. Casual Talk Radio found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister. I am your host. Welcome or welcome back, whichever your situation is. I'm a little frustrated, not frustrated. I'm a little perturbed, perturbed is a better word for it. I'm seeing some things that bother me about the larger economy, finance and everything. And I wanted to tell a story because I think it may help some people. So I, for those that have listened for a while, they've already heard this and I'll share the story briefly. I have two cars. I'm not supposed to have two cars, but I have two cars. Paid for, paid cash, but one of them I'm trying to sell. And I it's simply because I don't drive it, it's not, I don't really need it. It was, I bought it at a time when I didn't have a car and then I ended up buying the car I really wanted and then I was trying to get rid of this one. And then there was a whole bunch of chaos with the title. I got that solved, so that's clean. Then I got word that there was a, not quite a recall, I can't call it a recall, but basically what happened is, Apparently, there was some sort of social media challenge of sorts that was leading to an increase of theft of this particular vehicle in certain areas because the manufacturer did not bother to put. So most vehicles, modern vehicles, will have a way to kill the engine, you know, right away if there's theft or something else, you know, so that and and apparently this manufacturer did not spend the money to put it in the car. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. As I thought about it. Yeah, maybe that's not a bad thing because it means that, you know, government, big, big brother. Same time, it's like, well, that means it could be stolen easier because there's no way to have stopped it. Although it has an alarm, it has all these things. Anyhow, so I've been trying to sell it. And I, in the past, could sell almost anything on Craigslist. And perhaps this is regional, I don't know. But it's gotten worse to just sell something on Craigslist than it ever has. And I don't know what the heck that's all about, but... <laughs> I put the ad up. I didn't realize that Craigslist charges, but fine. Five bucks, whatever it was. Put the ad up. It's got pictures. I've got transparent pictures of, you know, there's a couple of dings and things. Like, no problem. This is a, this is, I think, a really good quality car. It's got really low mileage for the year. It's a brand new cat converter. It runs really good. It's got great uh, turn radius and the whole nine. Good car for somebody. It's the kind of car I would get for somebody graduating high school or somebody going through college that just needs some transportation, basic transportation, or somebody that's a, you know, a single mother type of, it's that kind. So I figure, okay, this should be an easy sell. I get one ping and this person, and what Craigslist used to be, to put it in perspective, because I've sold a lot on Craigslist. What it used to be is it obfuscates, as in hides your email. When you communicate back and forth on email, all you really have to do is, because you see there's photos on the site, so you don't need to see, you know, you just agree where do you want to meet? When do you want to meet? And how do you plan to pay? It's three questions and it's better in email. One email to send it, one email to respond. You coordinate where it is and you make the deal. This is how I got my monopoly set because that's what I did. So, okay, I put it out there. I said, no, just email me, no phone, nothing, email. I get a ping, says, well, like phone number, doop, doop, doop. I said, no, 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 no. All you got to do is email back and tell me where, when, and how are you paying? Is that it? Never heard back. And again, this may be regional, 
but I've never had a situation where it was this difficult to sell something. I also saw where Craigslist and some of these others, they're basically pushing this Venmo crap and this Cash App crap and all these. And I've had people even ask me, you know, how come you don't do Venmo or Cash App or whatever? And I, there's a very strong reason. If you're new, I work technology for a living. It's what I do for a living. I, that means I have a very solid understanding of how it works, its pros, its cons, as well as its risks. And the one thing about all of those apps, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, whatever, they will happily block access to your money whenever the F they feel like it. They'll just block your access to your money and then they make it hard to get back access to your funds. I know what you're thinking. That never happened to me. Doo, doo, doo. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't happen. PayPal was notorious for this. You can search it yourself. There's countless stories about PayPal blocking access to money. I think Venmo was the other one second and then Cash App was third. That's why I don't do it. You may not know that Venmo and Cash App in particular, they are largely run by an organization called Early Warning Systems. Early Warning Systems is part of an alliance of banks. The banks put gave, got together and decided to build all these little tools, these stovepipe tools that sounded good to the kids because that's who it appeals to is the little kids swiping on their phone to be able to play with their money on their phone. The banks knew that. Early warning systems is not new. Early warning systems is a throwback to the old days when you could write a check at the local store. There used to be that little that little sticker up there that said, yeah, we're going to decide whether or not we'll accept your check or not right on the fly. And in some cases, you could be completely blacklisted from writing a check at the store. That just transitioned over to these digital type tools. So you might be thinking, well, they only do that to the people that are doing something illegal. No, they do it based on a computer making a determination that is faulty. Well, this transaction amounts too high or your account's too new or the person you're sending to or receiving from is too new or the country that they're in is too far. That's, it's all garbage because let's take the transaction amount too high. That means I can't use it for this type of transaction where I'm trying to simply sell a car because I'm trying to sell it for a good amount of money. It's going to be a number of zeros minded. So that those transact, those tools are not going to do it because they're, they're going to put some limit on the ability to send or some limit on the ability to receive, or they'll just block it and hold it for a month or whatever. And you have no recourse. See, if you had a recourse, if our government actually took care of you, they would say, no, you are not allowed to withhold money that people have entrusted you with. Those services are allowed to do it because they're doing it under the auspice of financial security. That's what they claim. Mind you though, I can do the same transaction with the same dollar amount I want at a local bank and they won't blink twice. So what they say, these Venmos and cash apps of the world is crap. It is not to protect you. It is not to protect the government. That's not what it's about. It's simply an inconvenience because they can't, because they can't really afford to do it right up front. Now, later, after you've been Let's say you're doing money all over the place, $5, $10, whatever, and you're bought in and they've already gotten access to your personal information that they've sold and made a profit off of. Then they're all happy to open up the gates on that. So then they encourage you to tell your friends and family, just get on this cash app so I can send you money whenever. I will not be doing that because I understand what they're doing with your information. Number one and number two, I will not have my funds blockaded from me when the local bank does not do that. 
So if somebody wants to transact with me, ACH is perfectly fine. Wire transfers are perfectly fine. Cash is perfectly fine. Other than that, we're done. I'll even take a, a cashier's check from the bank. Again, they won't blink twice at you. You can walk into the bank and say, I want a cashier's check for 9,000 bucks. Bank won't blink twice. As long as you got the money in the account, show your ID, they won't blink twice. You hand me that cashier's check, I take it to my bank. My bank will happily accept it and release the funds right away because they know it's guaranteed money. None of this garbage of holding funds, none of this garbage of identity verification on the phone, none of this garbage of text message verification with a code, none of this garbage of having to know your address because your bank already knows your address. You save a lot of overhead, but I, despite my every effort, cannot get people to understand and decouple from the matrix that has been imposed upon them by this organization, getting them to jump on board with all this. And so now it's, it's almost like a, a disease around me. All these people are trying to ask and in some cases force all this crap, just like text message verification. I can't stand it. I'll say that for a different episode. So I wasn't going to sell the car because all this garbage where people, for whatever reason, refuse to simply give me an email, tell me where, when, and how to purchase the car or, you know, from me. So there's that. And then transactions where they're trying to force all these garbage applications where, no, I'm not going to violate my privacy. I'm not going to have my money withheld from me over this. The other day I was trying to go down, I went down to McDonald's. The total of mine was $14.67. I gave the guy a $10 bill and a $5 bill. This guy, first of all, he was kind of, oh, cash? He couldn't figure out how to get the cash register to tell him the change. And he couldn't calculate it in his head. That, that's scary. but. He had to pull out his phone to do the calculation to understand the change. And then he struggled to figure out which of the denominations of coins it needed to be. That's how bad this is. This, because he assumed, oh, just gonna swipe the card, deep, 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 that he didn't have to do any work. Like this is bad because that's one of the fundamentals you're taught is around cash and cash handling. And he wasn't that, he wasn't that young. So I know he's been taught how to handle cash. And this guy can't calculate change in his head from $14.67 to $15. Are we serious? <laughs> the other day now, as I was trying to, I, I was frustrated and whatever. The other day, so that I go to, because I was had my eye on a different car. Not because I need it, but because I wanted to upgrade. But my thing is, I am not doing car loans ever again because they're a scam. I'm not doing credit cards because they're a scam. I refuse. So if I'm going to buy a car, it needs to be cash out, done, drive off, you're done. I don't have to hear from you jack-offs ever again. So I had done some research. I'm looking for a car that has, it's a car for normal freaking people. I'm not doing an SUV, okay? So it's got to have the right features. It's got to be attractive inside. It's got to be reasonably attractive outside. It cannot be one of those tiny little garbages. It's got to be, it's got to be attractive. That the, the Honda Accord has been stepping up its game. I was very impressed with what I saw. And what you know if you are around my age you heard the story the moment you drive it off the lot it depreciates 10,000 bucks you've heard i'm sure you've heard this right so the new version of this car is the 2024 as i record this the 2024 version of the car is going for like 35 to 40 grand okay so by my math i should be able to pull off you know a used model for about 25 grand and that's about reasonable i can i should be able to pull that and based on the trade value I expect for my two cars, 
there's simply no way I shouldn't be able to get at least 10 to 15 grand for the both of them. Minimum, likely more, but I'm, I'm conservative. And then I have money ready to go in the account. I write you a check and we're done. I go to the dealer. They got two used. Okay. How, what's the price of your new 35 to 40 grand, depending on the features. What's the price of your used 35 to 40 grand. What that's gotta be a typo. No, that's what it is. Cause they're in high demand. But they're used. That means somebody gave them back to you. So they can't be a too high demand. They're used and you got 8,000 miles on this damn thing. There's no way it should be the same price as the brand new one. What, what sense does that make? You should be compelled to try to get rid of these. So you should be dropping that price. This guy is doing everything he can to try to get my trade. Okay. What year is that? And what model is that? What make is that? What kind? I know what he's trying to do. And my call to action to you guys is don't let them guide the conversation because they're just going to wheel and deal you into a scam. Trust me, I was there in 1998. So I, I refuse. I, I, no, I'm not answering your questions. I make sure the car's price is within your budget. Number one, the car's price must be within your budget. Set a budget. How much is the most I'm willing to spend on this damn thing? And before you ever walk in there, settle on that number, period. When you go in there, hold fast to that number and tell them, Unless you can get that car to that price, we're not going to make a deal here. And sometimes they may surprise you. Likely they're not going to. So I already knew 28 grand is probably the most I'm willing to tolerate for a used freaking car where the brand new one's 35 minimum. There's no way I'm going to justify more than $28,000 for a used version of this car. I just won't do it. So he keeps trying to steer to the used and I'm telling him no. We got to get, we got to talk about this. And he wasn't going to budge. And he kept saying, well, you're not going to find it for less than do deep, deep, because it's a hybrid, this uh, Accord and a hybrid is a requirement for me. I'm not going to do a gas vehicle because that's a step back. We should all be arguably driving hybrids by now. Okay. So <laughs> I can't, you know, car prices are way out of whack and he, I can tell what he's doing. He's basically saying we can get you in the car and I know what he's going to do. He's going to try to steer me to a loan and I'm not doing a loan. I refuse. So I leave. As I'm, as I'm leaving and I'm looking at everything that's happening, it, you can't, so cars are available, but they're way the frick overpriced. You can't deal the use because the use, they're all this, they're trying to force the technology. It's not going to make any sense. And most importantly, this is my story. They're all pushing towards loans, more and more loans, more and more credit. There was just a study that talked about subprime borrowers. A subprime borrower essentially says your credit's not good enough for us to offer you a good rate. So we're going to offer you a predatory rate in exchange for letting you have borrowed money. And the study essentially said that people are defaulting on these subprime loans as expected, which is why they're subprime loans. Duh. Well, part of the reason why there were so many more subprime loans issued is because of the pandemic. Because what was happening during the pandemic, and I'm sure you all know this, and I'm preaching to the choir, they were closing down businesses. Companies were actively firing or, quote, laying off people or just straight up terminating them for trying to withhold their you know, body from being vandalized in any way, right? My body, my choice no longer applied during that situation. And so the company sided with the government and turned on the people, and the people no longer mattered. And so we had actually businesses shut down. We had a lot of businesses shut down. Businesses that have been around for decades shut down because they were forced to close and or they were they had boycotts going on and or they cut too many dang people. 
during the pandemic, you had the Amazons of the world spike up and hire crazy numbers of people after they started opening things up and the swell of delivery orders went down, Amazon cut the vast majority of those people they hired. Same with Google, same with Microsoft. Why? Because people became expendable. I make a pretty good amount of money in my endeavor. I make a pretty good amount of money, especially when I got the, when I got the bump up. I can't imagine, because at this point, there are people that probably make a quarter of what I make, and for them, that's really good money. That's how much I make. So I can't imagine those people and how they were able to sustain and continue to sustain as I see the prices of things, as I see how harder it is to transact and do basic transactions. And I can only imagine the amount of people that are living check to check now versus what it used to be. And I know what the message would be. Dual income, do, do, do. Dual income reliance is not the right answer, but that's what the employers bank on. They, they bank on, well, we'll pay you just enough. And if you have two incomes in your family, it's good enough. No, I've learned you should make enough to where your income by yourself is enough to live comfortably and to save. Because if you rely on that dual income, as we learned during the pandemic, what happens when one of those incomes gets cut? You're screwed. The government knows that. They know that. They didn't care. The employers know that. They knew that. They didn't care. You have to care because no matter what, they're not going to take care of you. The government will swear that you have all these services available should you, you know, unemployment or whatever in case you lose money. And it is true. Certain of the services are made available like health care and food, right, services and those kinds of things. But there's all these conditions and hoops around them. And so they make it hard to get it. It's, it's, it's there, but they make it hard to get it. And don't get me started on the financial services. They make it hard to get access to these things because they don't want you to have the money directly. They want you to have the reliance, the dependency on these other things, but they make it hard to get to those. If you get to a situation where you lose one of those incomes that was coming in on a steady basis and you budgeted around a dual income, you're screwed, especially because many people have never trained themselves to rebudget according to a singular income. So the message should be to budget around one income, not two. And if your income's not enough to where you can throw some money in savings or something else, it's even worse. In an era where we no longer have pensions really, and the 401k is a joke, don't get me started on that, it's harder to get ahead and it's harder to stay ahead when something goes south that's outside of your control. That might be a furlough that's outside of your control, that's shutting down critical services that happens to affect your job. Could be your job just acting completely Nazi out from underneath you. Could be ESG, you name it. There's all these things that now derail your ability to make money. The answer is not guaranteed income. None of that's the right answer. The real answer from, what, from my lens, and this is my perspective on it, the real answer is you as an individual should do everything you can to make as hard as it is to make sure that your income as an individual is always not only sufficient, it's more than sufficient. You're making more than the minimum you need to on the next episode. And I've committed this because I saw some very bad news recently on the next episode. I'm going to talk about the attack on women and you might be intrigued on in what I'm talking about. There's an attack on women. There's actively an attack on women. And they have a part to play in this because statistics talk about how much less women make compared to men. I'm going to debunk some of those, but I'm going to talk about the general attack on women because it's important because if you are a female 
and you're listening to this, you might be shocked to understand it's going to be a hell of a lot harder for you to do what I'm describing in the sense that making more than the minimum necessary to survive. Because if you just settle for the minimum necessary to survive, you're not going to make it. You're not going to survive. I guarantee you, no matter what, the government's not going to take care of you. It may sound good, but trust me, there's always strings attached. And those strings, when they're taken, it's not going to feel good in the end game. So you can take my advice or leave it. I'm still going to share the advice because some may see value in what I share. Big picture, though, I'm very concerned about the economy overall and financial state and everything else that's going on. And I'm not looking forward. I think we got some a bubble that's about to pop sometime in mid to late 2024, possibly 2025. I think we're going to have a bubble that's going to pop because if it's true that there's this many subprime loans going belly up and this many people that extended themselves just to survive through the pandemic still as we come out of it. And of course the prices of things going sky high and inflation going sky high and things going out of control, but the employers see no reason to give salaries that actually make sense to where people can live comfortably. It doesn't look good in the short term. I hope I'm wrong. I'm just calling it like I see it. I truly hope I'm wrong because I, again, make a pretty good amount of money. And even I, I feel the pinch and I can't imagine what it must feel like for somebody that makes a fraction of what I do to survive in what we're currently seeing. 